Bob Burns has been a beer truck driver, a congressional staffer, and a state representative. And now the Afton Democrat is looking to transition into county politics by running for the 6th District County Council seat in South St. Louis County. Burns joins us next on Politically Speaking to talk about his campaign and his political views. Let's hit the music. This is the Politically Speaking podcast, the definitive show about Missouri politics. It's a little complicated in Bolivar because there is a Parsons family there. But we also knew that it was important to make sure that that we got to where we needed to go. You know if you walk in a room and you're getting ready to make a decision and everybody in the room looks like you, you need to stop. And right now what happens in the United States Senate is as critical as anywhere else in the country. I really want the state to succeed. Well, we want everybody to uh, know that we're all working together. I just worked hard to try to build my name where I didn't have the money. And welcome to Politically Speaking. I'm your host, St. Louis Public Radio political correspondent, Jason Rosenbaum. Joining me uh, in uh, our guest backyard is... Uh, Rachel Lippman, one of St. Louis Public Radio's political reporters. And we are pleased to have on the show uh, a state representative representing South St. Louis County and a Democratic candidate, the Democratic candidate for the council's 6th district. Our guest today is... Bob Burns. Thank you so much. This is your first time on the show, but you are definitely not a neophyte to St. Louis politics. So as a person who has not been on the show, we want to give you an opportunity to talk about who you are, how you got involved in this crazy world of St. Louis and Missouri politics, and why you're running for county council. Well, it started uh, actually with my parents, because my parents were Depression kids, and my dad uh, had to quit school in the middle of the eighth grade in 1929. But luckily, he got a job at the Terminal Railroad, a union job, where he stayed till he died in 1930. He got it in 1935. Well, he would come home because he'd have to work on Sundays, and we would watch 20th Century together with Walter Cronkite. My mother uh, had to quit school in 1931 uh, when she was a sophomore at McKinley High School. And they taught me work ethic, what it meant to have selfless leaders, so I've always had myself in a position to be a selfless leader, not a selfish leader. So Diane and I got married in 1967. We started public service right then. Uh, we worked the church we were married in. I volunteered to coach a basketball team. Then when um, our children were born, uh, we started in school. She was in Mother's Club. I was in Music Boosters. Uh, Father's Club, then I became president of Father's Club, and I graduated from Afton. I attended K through 12, and we, she came in in second grade and lived two doors from here, as a matter of fact. And um, we, when we got married, we decided we were going to stay in Afton for the rest of our lives, and we've done that. So I've lived here in the Afton South County community for 72 years, and it's about giving something back. We were lucky in our lives to have great parents who gave us so much, worked so hard for us, and lived the American dream, you know, life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. So when I got on the Fathers Club, um, when I was 10 years old, 11 years old, we'd go to the gym at Afton High School all summer long, take our lunches, and Coach Burnett, who's still living, by the way, in his 90s, taught me something when I was 12 years old, or 10 years old. He said, Burns, I can't hear your words because your actions speak so loudly. So I've always lived by that. And I've carried that through. And when I got to be president of Father's Club, 
I went over, to, that was in 82, I went over to Dick Gebhardt's office to pick something up and they asked what I like to volunteer and I said sure. I became the volunteer that had his, the most amount of time in volunteering and then uh, I guess it was 94, the beer distributorship I worked for, I had worked there 18 years, closed. So we all had to start going back through the union hall calling every day. Well, Dick Gebhardt offered me a job on his congressional staff. So I took that job in 95, stayed till 98. I uh, had a leave of absence from the beer truck and paid my dues. And then at the, that time, I'd also run, uh, they encouraged me to run in 84 for the Afton Board of Education. So the desegregation agreement started in 1982, so I came in on the board. And when I got on the board, it was six members. I unseated an incumbent president. And Tim Fitch from the county council, who I've known 35 years, said, Bob, they, the budget chair won't answer my questions anymore. I said, this is deja vu all over again, because that's what happened to me on the after board of education. Mm. Business agent, uh, business manager wouldn't answer my questions. So within two years, we uh, had other candidates run. We took over the majority of the board. That business manager was gone. The superintendent was gone. We restored Afton to the tradition that I had learned there and Diane had learned there. And it's about the children. And it's about giving something back. So from that, um, in Dick Ebhardt's office, so I was on the board of education, driving a beer truck, and then I went to work for Dick Ebhardt from 95 to 98. I met a young uh, attorney named uh, Sean Kennedy who uh, was just starting out. Well, then he became Claire McCaskill's chief of staff when she ran and won Senate. So when he heard I retired from the beer truck in 06, he called me and said, Bob, you want to go to work for Claire McCaskill doing the same thing you did for Dick, doing outreach and being on the Speaker's Bureau and doing the kitchen table talks, and I did that. Worked for Claire till about the end of 2010, retired from that, and I thought, well, you know, I'm probably just going to go ahead and enjoy retirement. And, and then Scott Sifton was like, I'm going to run for Senate. Right, and Scott said, Bob, why don't you run for this? Yeah. And other people too. So I ran and I won uh, by six, at least 60%. And, uh, I won in, in the first time I had a primary opponent, well, we knocked on 7,000 doors in the primary 7,000 in general. And I won, uh, the next time, you know, two years later, I won 60% or better. I won in, uh, 16 and then in 18, um, I didn't have an opponent. So why make the decision to go for a county council seat then, you know, the, the sometimes natural progression in Jefferson City is you take on the Senate seat that includes your, your house district. Why, why go to more of a local government level than continue to progress in state government? Well, the school board was local. Uh, when I worked for Dick Cabhart, it was local. Even though his district went from the Bury to St. Genevieve, and they put me out in Festus, which I'd never been south of the Merrimack River that much. Beautiful part of, of Missouri, by the way. Yes, and wonderful people. You get to know people. And then when I worked for Claire, I did those same things, although I do them a lot of times around the state. She had uh, four offices. But, in fact, Crystal Quaid, the Democratic leader for the state house now, uh, was an employee of hers in Springfield. So um, I knew that Doug Beck wanted to run for the Senate. I talked to Scott Sifton about it. And even though I've gotten three bills passed, which is hard to do as a Democrat, and I've had a fourth one that was on the block, ready to be approved, but then COVID hit and that killed it. Um, I said, you know, I I'm sick of that fighting 
the constant adversarial position. I have gotten friends on the other side of the aisle because you treat people with respect like you wish to be treated. In my party, um, same way. You know, you treat people with respect. And so I thought the county council is much more like the Board of Education I was on. And it's probably, it should be the most nonpartisan job there is because it's for the greater good of St. Louis County. We are the economic engine of the state. And I look at some of the things that are going on in their meetings now, the way they're conducting themselves, I said, wait a minute, they need help out there because the people don't like that controversy. So that's why I decided, and Doug Beck wanted to run, and I was going to try to run a, a primary against Doug. And so Scott Sifton is a dear friend of mine, and Gina Walsh is a dear friend, and I know what Gina went through and Scott went through just trying to get this most minute little thing changed. Or So I said, I, I'm 72. I'm getting tired of that fighting. I want to go out. Retta Days is a personal friend of mine for 30 years. Uh, Steve Webb, whose wife just one, uh, he's a personal friend. They were both at my fundraiser. Tim Fitch, and the reason I know Tim, because our youngest son's best friend in school was a, an explorer for the county police department. Tim Tim Fitch was a lieutenant that handled that. Small, this is... This because St. Louis. This is vintage St. Louis. This but, is vintage but from, St. Louis. But from hearing that, I get the sense that if you're elected, you're not going to be a rubber stamp for Sam Page because all those people you just mentioned are kind of independent-minded and are going to make decisions based on the issues, not what the county executive says. Is that a fair assessment? That is totally fair. I love my wife with all my heart and soul. 52, 53 years... And I'm not a rubber stamp for her, as she can tell you. And she's sitting right here, by the way. <laughs> but I, uh, but no, I wouldn't be a rubber stamp for anybody. Uh, when I got on the Afton Board of Education and some of the things that the Missouri School Boards Association preaches, they wanted everything to go through the superintendent. I said, well, then what do you need a board for? You just need a rubber stamp. So no, uh, I'm not a rubber stamp for anybody. I'm going to look at each individual issue and see how, and also the other thing is too, I want every district, all seven, to get a fair share of the money. Right now, South County's not getting their fair share. I know Retta Days, North County, where Steve, uh, uh, Rochelle Walton Gray and now uh, Sholanda Webb, their district is not getting their fair share of the money, and that has to be changed. What is it, do you think, that puts you in the, in the position to, as you said, not be the rubber stamp for anyone? How do you fit that role better than the uh, current uh, occupant of the seat, Ernie, Ernie Trakis. Why do you think that's a better, you're in a better position to do that? I don't want to knock anybody, okay? But just that latest vote where Trakis switched his vote and went with Sam Page, he, he disrupted his whole party. They're very upset with him. And quite frankly, that was just to have more oversight over the workings of the county executive and also that $173 million of COVID money. And if that's not spent, at the end of the year, that goes back to the federal government. So what I'm saying is I'm going to look at what's best, first of all, for the people of the 6th District. And that's why I'm, you know, I believe in our police department wholeheartedly. I believe in low crime rates, high property value. And I believe in helping business, economic development, because that's where jobs come from. And I believe in strong school districts, because that's what holds neighborhoods together. So I am not going to be anyone. I've never been a rubber stamp. I certainly would never sell my vote to a lobbyist or anyone else for anything. I'm going to be out after what's for the greater good. In my whole life, when I played ball when I was in school and I had moments, people say, Bob, could you, uh, you able to organize things? I had a band in high school, 10 teenagers. I had four African-American singers that sounded like the Temptations. I had a girl singer 
and five musicians trying to try to get nine other teenagers to a band job, all dressed, rehearsed, ready to perform, and on time. And I did that for two years. So I have organizational skills. Well, as much as I'd like to hear more about that, I do want to go back to what you were alluding to before. So just you can do quick answers to that. Have you, if you had been on the council, you would have voted against giving Sam Page authority how to spend the COVID money. You would have wanted the council. I would have voted with Reddit Days. I would have voted with Tim Fitch and Mark Carter. And by the way, I've worked with Harder before. There's a 54 West organization, mm-hmm. Roads and Bridges. And another person, you know, we don't have to reinvent the wheel. Uh, Executive Elman in St. Charles is a personal friend of mine. He was a personal friend of Dick Gebhardt. Opposite side of the aisle, but we're friends. And you look at the job he's done in St. Charles. And also Lane Gannon's husband's down the executive in Jefferson County, doing a lot of great things. Um, again, I said, we're the economic engine. And I think the best-kept secret in St. Louis County is South County. So the other thing you alluded to was legislation that uh, Councilman Fitch and Harder, and I believe Days voted for it as well, that would have restricted county executives from extending emergency orders indefinitely. I would have voted with Retta Days, Harder, and Tim Fitch. And the reason I say that is anyone, a good manager good football coach, a good executive, doesn't have all authority themselves. You delegate authority, and we used to do that on the after board. You have checks and balances, but no one should have that much authority, and I think a perfect example of that is Steve Stinger. Nobody knew how Steve Stinger was going to be while he's sitting in federal prison right now because it got away from him. What's your top issue in this general election? I want the people to be heard. A week ago, they had 300 emails and letters, and I think they didn't read most of those. Those folks are upset. This is not some social club. You're there at the will of the people, just like the 93rd district. It's not my district. It's a people's district. The office I occupied in Jefferson City, that's the people's office. That's the people's capital. It's the people's council, and this is the people's county. And when they ignore that and say, we don't have time, we're that's wrong. Like I said, it's not a social club. There's seven districts and they all need to be equally represented. So you go in with the idea, we're going to make it better. We're going to keep crime rates low. But here's the other thing. We've had pretty good issue with crime rates here, but Steve and Shalonda Webb and Retta Days and Rochelle Walton Gray is a good friend of mine. Her, her husband, Alan, still in the house. He's a dear friend of mine. They deserve to live life, liberty, to pursue the happiness in their areas as well. That's why I want low crime rates for all seven districts. I want the people to have a say. I want them to live the American dream. And when you have a lot of crime, that means something. That means you're not going to cut your police department by um, $7 million and 100 officers. No, that Prop P money is supposed to go to make our police department stronger and better. So we know that COVID-19 is going to impact the budget of St. Louis County. It's just a question of by how much. You already mentioned that the police department should be shielded from, if not entirely heavily from those cuts. Where then what other cuts should be made? And are there other things that should be protected? Well, you protect the public interest and the public safety and vital services. But you need to go through that budget with a fine tooth comb. And I think that's what Tim Fitch was trying to do. And, you know, you don't always know about reading budgets. It's a hard thing to do. 
But there are people out there who are highest integrity that can help you understand every place. And that Prop P money, it's been been reported. That's been squandered. That w- that's gone to other areas, other raises that wasn't promised to the people. That's one thing Steve Stinger did that was good. He promised the people Prop P money would go for the police. Well, that wasn't even my question, though. And I've I'm asked sorry. this to other people. Do you think that Proposition P was actually to help the police, or do you think it was just helped to... Do you think it was just to help Steve Stinger look tough for his re-election bid? It might have. Well, whatever it was, over I think 74% of the people voted for it. That means they were told and they understood it was for the police department. Just for example, Officer Langsdorf that was killed in Wellston, mm-hmm. had there been another police officer with him when they walked in that, and I used to deliver beer to that business. Yeah. He had about a 98% chance of survival. But Officer Langsdorf was not working for county police, though, correct? He but it was supposed to go for the municipalities as well. And also the Northwest Co-op. Um, Blake Snyder here in South County, he was at the Schnook store in Gravoy when he answered the call about 4 o'clock in the morning, just getting ready to get off shift. He went over to Green Park, which is just right over here, by himself. The other officer was a minute behind he walked up to the door. The kid shot him right in the face. He was dead on the ground when the other officer arrived. Two officers in the car, and you've seen these shows on television. That other officer wouldn't come up from the passenger side with a spotlight. They would have seen the kid with a gun. He wouldn't have approached the door or the window. He would have had a 98% chance of survival. Now, I don't know what people are thinking about, but when you have officers, women and men, that put their lives on the line for us just by walking out their door, that Prop P money is for our police department, period. We'll be right back after this quick break with State Representative and County Council candidate Bob Burns. And we're back on Politically Speaking with Bob Burns, the Democratic nominee for the 6th District Council seat. I want to stay on the issue of policing because one of the big issues in St. Louis County has been trying to engender trust between black people and especially the St. Louis County Police Department. St. Louis County Police Department patrols basically all this area. What I've noticed is a lot of cities in North St. Louis County that are incorporated when they're given the choice about whether to go with St. Louis County or the North, what is it called? North County Police Cooperative. They haven't gone with St. Louis County. And part of it may be cost, but part of it is I think that there's a lack of trust between the African-Americans in this community and St. Louis County Police Department. What would you do to help bridge the divide between those two groups? Well, you got some great um, African-American minority county police officers. You have uh, Colonel Troy Doyle, who's a wonderful man, dear friend. You have two young gentlemen, the lieutenants who are head of the uh, police association, boxing. I would do a lot of community talk and community events and talking. The issue is that's why I said it's so wrong that the county didn't read or set up a time to read all those letters and communiques that the people sent in. They're not listening to the citizens. The citizens will tell you, when you got leaders like Retta Days, Shalanda Webb, uh, those kind of people, you can work with them. Uh, one of the things we did here, when I was on the Board of Ed- Education, we were the first district in this area to have a service officer in the building. It started at the high school. That created such a fury. But then when people, the kids got to know the officers, a lot of them were lady officers, and first of all, that police car parked on the parking lot deterred a lot of crime but they'd find out if a girl was being mistreated a boy was being mistreated if there was going to be a fight 
and all these things. And then all the districts here got them and all got them K through 12 in all the buildings. So with that kind of vision, the police do such a wonderful job. The K-9 unit is right up here. They do so many things to help, um, so many things to help and present themselves. And I think if you look at the true percentage, what is really the percentage of people who are shot by police officers? It's a low percentage when you take in all the crime. Uh, we have to look at overall crime. Just the other day, right over here on Rivas Barracks off of 55, somebody stole a car. There was a police chase. It was abandoned on a, on a, on a yard. So many police cars here, they just, and they found all kinds of drugs, guns. Well, they abandoned it and they got away, but I think they knew who they were. Crime is all around us. We need that police department. And, and the other thing you'll find, municipalities, that's why St. George, we disincorporated. And the, it, it wasn't all me. It, it was the mayor at that time, Carmen Wilkerson, and Diane was the uh, president of the Board of Aldermen. Many people got involved in that. They get to the point where they can't afford the services for the people. And I think you'll find in these municipalities, I don't want to detract anything from their officers. But if you go to the academy, young officer, man or woman, and St. Louis County Police offers you a job or St. Louis City Police or the Highway Patrol or a large sheriff's department or large like Maryland Heights or somebody where the pay is high, and then you have a place that is small and they can't pay you that. So... I think, you know, the better candidates are going to go to those places. Not, I don't want to take anything away from the officers putting their lives on the line. But I think that if we can do it right, and you know what you do? What Dick Gabhart taught me, going door to door, you listen to the people. You could make the argument, though, that the people in these communities where they feel as though they've been over-policed or the police are paying more attention but to them, but there's still a lot of high crime, that they aren't being listened to. What fundamentally do you do to get over that gap you know they are saying we want things to change we want police to treat us better they feel like they aren't being heard how do you address that issue you're saying that you want the people to be heard and they're saying leaders aren't listening well again just watch my actions read a days i've talked to her about it i've talked to shalonda webb and steve webb i talked to uh rochelle walton gray i said let's get out and talk to the people i'd be happy to come up and I think you got to do that. you got to talk to everybody and listen to them. What problems are you having with the police? Are they not responding? Are they being arrogant when they respond? And also that Prop P money was not just supposed to go for two officers in the car. It was supposed to go for raises, more equipment, and also training. Officers need sensitivity training. You know, there's new techniques all the time. The one thing I learned... You know that song by Alice Cooper, School's Out Forever? Oh, oh, yeah. You know, I thought that was going to be me when we graduated in 1966. But you know what we are? We're lifelong learners. I learned so much on the after Board of Education. I've learned so much in the house, going to th and listening to people and talking to them. I talked to Troy Doyle about this. And, and I have never met the new police chief, but she called me on the phone, congratulated me. Seemed like a very nice lady. People want to be heard. Let's listen to our officers. What are you encountering? What are the people encountering? If it's body cameras, if it's two officers, you know, two officers, and an officer by himself or herself, a lot of times will say something that they wouldn't say maybe in front of another officer. There's certain protocols, certain procedures. And like I say, Reddit Days is a dear friend of mine. 
Uh, she's a very professional lady. She cares about her district just like I care about here. And this is the amount, this is not trying to make someone put them on a pedestal. You know, in the school district, they call it the ivory tower, the administration building. If everything revolves around the ivory tower and not around the, the classrooms with the kids and the teachers, something's wrong. Well, this is not about the central office. This is not about the council. This is about the people. Well, I do want to bring up something that came up a couple of years ago, and you were criticized pretty heavily for calling in to the Bob Romanek show, which if you listen to it, is a pretty detestable program. I got to be honest. I think it's honest. off the air now. It's off, I mean, he says all sorts of crazy things, racist, sexist things, whatever, and you got a lot of criticism for that. In addition to giving you a chance, because this may become an issue in the campaign, I want to give you a chance to respond to it. Uh, what would you say to people that questioned your judgment for calling in on those shows, basically? Well, I would say that um, I met Bob Romanek at a veteran's funeral. African-American Vietnam veteran was homeless and didn't have any money, and his family wouldn't claim the body. He laid in the city morgue for 13 months. Bob, and I work with the Patriot Guard riders all the time. In fact, when you drive out, it's now called Veterans Heroes Highway, but Telegraph Road around Jefferson Barracks National Cemetery, I got that bill passed through the House, the Senate signed by the governor, says Veterans Heroes Highway, on the bottom it says funeral processions. Because of a Patriot Guard rider, there's a group of them escorting a funeral up from south to Sheridan Road. You make a right going to Jefferson Barracks National Cemetery. A lady made a left turn and broke in that funeral procession and killed a Patriot Guard rider. So I've worked with him a lot, and that's where that bill came from. So they called me about this funeral. They were going to give him an honor's funeral at the Michaels Funeral Home down by the hill. And I went because of the Patriot Guard rise. Well, Bob Romanek was there. And they introduced me to him, and he said, oh, you're a state rep? I said, yes. He said, well, what are, you, what are you working on? I said, I've got this bill that was passed, but outside the budget, we have to raise our own money, just like the Blake Snyder signs on gravel. Doug Beck had to raise that money. And he said, well, I said, it's passed. The signs are waiting to be put up. He said, how much is it? I said, it's $3,200. He took his checkbook out that day, made a check, and said, here. That's the Bob Romantic I knew. I never agreed with any racist statements. He and I agree on unions. He's a former police chief on policing, on safety for our communities. Um, he's, in fact, he's a member, was a member of Local 600, which I am a retiree from. Uh, children's issues, animal issues. I've done a lot uh, with agreeing with the Missouri uh, Animal Alliance, um, Animal Alliance. It's M-A-A-L. Anyway, but that that's far as it goes. And I, I don't agree with any of that. And, and as a matter of fact, you can ask any of the colleagues I work with, like Alan Gray, I mentioned her, and Tommy Pearson Sr., who's a dear friend, maybe an honorary member of his church. I ran into him. He was out, and his son, Tommy Jr., who's also a minister, ran. Well, we went to an event for... for um, uh, food pantries, and it was run by Bear Corporation. They have about seven trucks that deliver the food. Well, Tommy, first thing he did, walked up to me, hugged me, and he said, Bob, if I was still in, that would have never gotten out of caucus, ever. Everyone knows you're not a racist. So that's my answer to that. A couple more questions, but one thing I really want to ask you about, which may seem like a boring issue, but it's a really important issue in the 6th District, is development. Because if you are the councilman for the 6th District, you are also basically the de facto mayor for unincorporated St. Louis. St. Louis County and South St. Louis County. What would be your mentality 
on that because oftentimes there's a lot of controversies over putting apartments in places or putting buildings that are too big. Storage units, I think, has become the, the new big how, thing. How would you deal with that issue? Because it's almost certainly going to come up if you're elected to the seat. Well, I'm, a, I'm all for economic development. And I went out and saw that storage unit where they wanted to put it at Lime Ferry and Lime, Old Lime. It is a desolate waste area. There's a building that's been there probably 80 years, deserted. And I've seen renderings of that storage facility. It's beautiful. And it wouldn't tear the neighborhood down at all. As a matter of fact, it would pay the Melville School District $50,000 a year in tax money. So economic development. There's another one, the uh, apartment complex down the street from Royal Arlene's. Um, I was for that when Forrest Miller asked me about it three, four years ago. Trachus has did every, done everything he could to stop that. They took a story off of it, and a quarter of it, one fourth of that's going to be for veterans. Um, all of those things that I don't believe in cheapening a neighborhood. That's why this um, zoning and planning. You want to talk to them, but first of all, you want to talk to the people that live there. I don't believe in jamming things in, but when people say, "Hey, we'd be for this." It would help. And the more people that, like, move into these homes, you know, you get to a point where you're, you don't have any more storage facility in the home, so you start storing things. Um, that's just one issue. There's other businesses, and now with this COVID, has shut so many businesses. We have to give businesses a helping hand and get them started because they hire people, and they bring tax money into the school district and into the community, plus they hire people. So uh, our economy's been down. They asked me, too, about taxes. Well, you know, they say that uh, St. Louis County budget's going to be off what I'd be for a tax increase. I said, absolutely not, because the people's income has been down as well. And when they want to do that uh, uh, sales tax for daycare, that's the most ridiculous idea I've ever heard. You can't take public money and put it into private daycare. Their schools have daycare facilities. There's a lot of private daycare facilities that will work with people. And she did it here in our home. So um, I think we have to take a good look at what's best going to serve our communities. My final question for you is about the political dynamics of this district. This has typically been the most competitive county council district just because South St. Louis County is competitive territory. I believe Trachis won this seat very narrowly. Less than 1%. And... Uh, I, I would expect that this race is going to be very competitive because of a lot of different dynamics. What, why, why do you think that you're going to come out on top over Trachis, given that he won a very competitive race in 16, and I'm sure he's gearing up for another one in 2020? Well, first of all, I listen to people. I talk to people. I'm out in the community a lot. Um, and I don't just listen to say thank you. I listen to what they have to say. And I know the people in here want economic development. They want safety from the police department. And you go here from, say, Lee May, homes fifty to $80,000, and get out into Oakville, two, three, four million dollar homes, they all want the same thing. They're, they're to live the American dream for their homes, their community to be safe. And that's why I say Prop P money was so vital to spend on our police department, not cut our police department. So that's what I'm going to stand for. And those are the things that Trachis has not been for. He has not been for economic development. He's stopped a lot of issues. He'll make a statement, my office or my district. It's not his office. It's a people's office. It's a people's district. Same way with the office I occupy in Jefferson City. The people put their faith and trust in me. It's their office. It's their capital. And I treat it things like that. And I, there again, 
I'm not running for this so I can run for Senate. Or I'm 72 years old. This is I'm, probably your last office. I'm finishing for. my career, and I'd love to be there 12 years, 15, 16 years. But I'm running because I love South St. Louis County. I want to make it even better. But I want other districts to be well as well. So this is about helping in those areas. And there's a statement. If you're using it to run for another office, it's called selfish government, selfish server. I'm a selfless server. I give of myself and my wife, and that's why I want it to be better. I'm not running to build my own ego and my own career. You'll never hear me say my district or my community. This is our community, and I've lived here 72 years. The last thing I would say, Gene Peters Baker was the head of the Democratic Party. Never met me. I never met her. Never saw her in person. Never spoke to her. But she said I should resign from office. There's a lady on the St. Louis County Council, I don't want to mention her, but I've never met her, never been in a room with her, never spoken to her. And she called me a dino and that she's going to back Trachus. I would tell anyone out there, before you condemn someone, talk to them first. And before you condemn them, think of something happened to one of your children. And the way some of the people have treated me, give me an opportunity to speak to me first. Don't listen to rumors. You got to, so you heard I've done something or I'm some way, give me a chance to talk to you. And that's my last word. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. We will be having an episode with Councilman Trachis in the coming days because we want to make sure the people of the 6th District are informed about their candidates. For all of our stories, stlpublicradio.org. Follow me on Twitter at Jay Rosenbaum. Rachel, how can people follow you on Twitter? At R. Lipman, two P's and two N's. I don't think you're on Twitter, but do you have like a campaign website? Is there any place on the internet where people can find out more about your campaign? Well, they can look at Burns for number four, stlouiscounty.com. They can contact me uh, through the state office, through our um, email, which is bndburns at att.net. They can call me, 314-638-8299, and they can watch the Facebook things I put out. We do a lot of, uh, uh, what do they call it, blasting or where you make it larger for the whole district. And, um, and we'll have mailers that go out. There's an, and enough people know me, there's ways that they can find out about me. Contact him one of those ways, and until next time, so long.